Hello and welcome to another episode of Who's He, uh, the Doctor Who podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And this week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of Doctor Who, The Rebel Flesh. And uh, based on the sort of rather scary and sort of icky aspect of this week's episode, uh, we'll also try and discuss our thoughts on Is Doctor Who Too Scary for Children? Uh, seems to be the eternal uh, discussion that's raged on ever since the the series was started nearly fifty years ago, I think. So we'll yeah. see. How, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see how we how we uh, go with that. But um, actually, before um, we go any further, one interesting bit of news from this week. I don't know if you you actually caught this, Paul. Was that the um, it's been sort of announced? I've read it on SFX uh, website that the Impossible Nash Astronaut, the first episode of this season, was the most recorded show in UK TV history. Oh, right. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was um, 4.1 million viewers chose to record the show and uh, watch you know, watch the recording later on in the day or during the week or whatever, So, which has beaten the, as it says here, the previous holder, which is the 2010 Christmas Day episode of Come Fly With Me. Which was three point three point two nine million, which probably puts it into perspective. Actually, doesn't it, it does really. <laughs> um, but I think the whole the whole thing um, that SFX was getting at it was it's, it seems to be the Daily Mail sort of started this off with although you know the viewing figures of Doctor Who are, you know they're not as good as they yeah. once were. It's, it's the end of the series, um, which just goes to show that you can't base anything on overnight figures anymore. No, you just can't. So. Um, to basically back up and uh, what the what the SFX says, uh, stick that in your pipe, Daily Mail, and choke on it. So, <laughs> so there we go. You're really not going to go for that job in newspapers, are you? I'm not. No, <laughs> any bridges that were there, I've, I've now well and truly burnt them down. And good job too. <laughs> uh, but also, um, I've got one thing I was glad to um, see yesterday is probably the death of Don't Scare the Hare. Which has now moved back to a four thirty-five in the afternoon um, time slot. So, so it's, it's, it was never was going to be the sort of the, the the family show. I think they were trying to sell it as. I have to say, I mean, I, I, the only bits I've caught with that is, is obviously in the lead up to. Yeah, watching Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. So I really probably can't comment. It's no. just a bit. You suspect it's it's the it's the two parts of of where the license fee goes. I.e., so much is spent on Doctor Who, so this is what you have to have to make up for it. (laughs) This is what we do with the money left over. Yeah, we've got so much money to spend on an hour and a half's worth of television. Yeah, Doctor Who's forty-five minutes gets ninety percent of that. Well, and the other ten percent goes. Don't scare the hair. Yeah. Come on, BBC. Just spend the rest of the, the other ten percent on Doctor Who. Come on. <laughs> yeah, oh. we'll just put the test card up for forty-five minutes beforehand. That'd do. Be more entertaining, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Well, let's leave. Don't scare the hair where it is, which is in the dustbin of TV history, and uh, let's move on to this week. You don't think that's too scary for children? <laughs> what a gigantic robot rabbit. <laughs> If it, if it, yes, well, perhaps actually put like that. I think we better leave that conversation. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Okay, Doctor Who then. Yes, Doctor Who. Come on. Um, yeah, I, 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 well, yeah, I started off last week, so um, only oh, fair. No, only fair. Only fair that you you have a you have a go this, this week. So, well, what did you think? I thought it was brilliant. I mean, obviously, that it is a part one of a two-part story so it's mm. hard to um a lot of it is just a lot of it's set up so yeah it's it's hard to review a two-part story yeah. ever only have it you know having seen the first part but um no I, again i agree with you i thought it was good i thought it was very good very very much like the way it's going very much like the premise to the story uh just yeah just the fact that i was it was it was nearly over before you realised you, it was nearly over, sort of thing. So yeah, it did sort of rattle along at quite a good pace, actually, didn't it? Yeah. And, and I think the the, the talky bits. Um, there was a lot of exposition, 
Um, yeah. Particularly from the Cleves characters when when they they first landed, um, she basically had to explained what the flesh was, and she just seemed to be there to, to begin with. Just uh, okay, this is the story. Yeah, and now you've learnt that bit. Now we can move on. Yeah, you know. Um, but I actually thought it was probably the most Doctor Who like story we've had. If, if you see what I mean, that we've had so yeah. far. Yeah, it was. It, it was the sort of uh, getting back to. You could imagine it being a Tom Baker or a, probably even. Back to earlier than that sort of story where well, you actually had them arrive, something's going on. Yeah. What's quite not sure what's going, you know, that sort of Well actually one one thing, build up of characters. Yeah, well, than, well one thing that struck me about it, it was it was a very um Peter Davison style story. And even I thought Matt Smith was very Peter Davison at, at times. It was just that sort of trying to um how can I put it, sort of be the middleman, try and bring the two sides together in, in a peaceful in a peaceful way. Pretty much, if you say something like, I know it's a, 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 a bad story to pick, but something like Warriors of the Deep. Yeah. He wanted to broker a peace between the two warring factions. And this is pretty much what Matt Smith's Doctor was trying to do in last night's episode. Yeah, but I mean... But that, that's, Which I thought was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you can even go back to... Um, the quite a lot of the Hartnell ones were of, of similar. Where you'd land on a planet and there was two warring factions, mm. and he'd try to get them to come to terms with each other. And yeah, it, just it was just something that really struck me as being I could see Peter Davison doing this story more than any other actor. So, so I don't know why it was just something about it really sort of really struck with me. On that, but uh, but as I say, it, it, as I said, it's a typical Who story. Yeah, you know, compared to what we've had so far, because it's been a bit of a um, a strange season so far. To be, there's been a lot of setup. Yeah, you know, for the future, and this was just you know a, almost like a, a standalone Who story of old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from the point of view, actually, that there's so far. <clears throat> As far as we as, as we're getting through this, yeah, you've had no sort of time travel element or other dimension element to it, which we've had all this season mm. so far. It's all happening in pretty much real time, yeah. Other than well, you know, in, in linear, yeah, time, li- linear time, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the blackout bit was the has been the sort of bit that we haven't seen, but. There's been yeah, it's 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 all been in the one place yeah, and consistently through that rather than you know jumping over this now into this dimension or back to thirty years or forward three months or whatever yeah. So I think you know last night's one all you lost was an hour yeah that was it really, which I which was sort of made sense everyone being knocked unconscious yeah. you know it was but it um, gave it time for the for the them to the gangers to get to start to get to grips with themselves. Yeah. What they were. While the others were knocked out, didn't it? That's right. And Otherwise there'd been quite a sharp learning curve for them to have hit the ground running. Yeah, sort of a matter of minutes and they've Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no it it just seemed to I know it was sort of like only a sort of like a forty five minute episode, but um to me it just even within that 45 minutes, the story was given time to breathe. Yeah. Because I noticed sometimes this 45-minute format, it does rattle along at such a, a quick pace it, that you sort of like the stories would benefit from just having a little bit more time. Yeah. And because this is a two-parter, obviously it's getting, it's getting that. But even to get to where it got to last night, um, as I say, it, it cracked along at a fair pace, but at the same time, it, it, was, it didn't feel rushed. No, I mean, as you said, the only the only bit really where you probably thought it probably they probably did sort of rush through was actually trying to get the explanation of what it was. Yeah, i.e. that 
I know he had the psychic paper, but then she took him at his words and then went and showed him the most secret thing they had. Well, that that sort of... I was going to sort of come on to this later, but... I mean, not, 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 not that I'm, um, you know, as, as a... As a to, to have actually done anything other than that mm. would have taken too long. Well, I, I, I think there's more to it um, than that. The, the Doctor knew exactly what, to, what he wanted to see. So, has he been there before? He was holding some yeah. again. He was holding. He was holding something back. How did he know about the flesh? Yeah. You know, he knew. He knew exactly what was going to be there once he got inside. Um, there's also something else he he said. I don't know if it was just meant to be a throwaway line, but before the the solar tsunami um, hit again, he had to get to the weather vane. Yeah. It's about I've got to get up to the to the cock or whatever. And he said, I never thought I'd have to say that again. Again. Yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of sort of timey wimey stuff in this one as well. Who knows? And there was, but... there was, um, yeah. When he's when they're in the, there's one bit when they're all together, when they're well together with um, Amy, and he starts to say uh, about what could be what could be going wrong, mm. or what could be the problems, and they and she says, "What are you not telling us?" And it's, he sort of st- stands there thinking and then rushes off, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Up the stairs and we get the music, which actually, this, this, what was also light about this one, there's not a lot of music. Um, I didn't think. No, there wasn't actually. I noticed that, no. I noticed that probably, that, that <clears throat> bit there struck me as the first sort of bit I was aware of the music. I mean, other than the Dusty Springfield, there wasn't real it was well i actually thought there, there were certain parts of the music when there when there was there was something about reminded me of the seas of doom yeah there were certain certain parts of it just and it wasn't obviously it was you know typical murray gold stuff but it it there were just certain bits which just reminded the seas of doom for some reason i don't know i don't know why it was that sort of creepy sort of mournful sort of music yeah, Caesar Doom. They just certain now and again that would sort of creep into the score, um, which I sort of quite liked. But there, yeah, was, but there was, wasn't the triumphant. Music. No, but there was only one bit. Um, it was when the TARDIS was caught in the first sort of wave of the tsunami. Yeah, it was, it was the music and the sound effects combined drowned out the dialogue, and I've noticed that a lot. It happened in um, last week's episode as well um, when they were sort of breaking through into the you know out of the universe yeah again it was the music and sound effects I couldn't understand what Matt Smith was saying yeah um, and it always it seemed to be a problem ever since this series came back in 2005 they never quite seemed to get the, the, the sound mix right and I don't know whose fault that is I don't know if you know if, if they want the music to, to to be at the forefront or or what we do now and again it just tend to kill it off a little bit. Yeah. Just need to rein it in a little bit. But but that was that, that was the only time it happened though. As you say, yeah. after that there wasn't really a lot of music. probably because there has been a lot of there was a lot of dialogue in this. Not a lot of action. To be honest. No, there was a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Um which sort of brings me on to um had a bit of running through corridors, but not much. Not much, no. Well, that goes on to Matthew Graham's script, because um, obviously everyone, everyone will know at home um, that his last script that was submitted to Doctor Who was Fear Her. Yeah. Which didn't go down well at all with, you know, hardly anybody. Um, but I thought this was a massive improvement. Yeah. Um, but the only sort of criticism I've got of it, that none of the, the characters were really... Well, I can't think of a better description is an excuse that the awful pun they weren't really fleshed out. Yeah. If you not see sure, it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to excuse that pun. No, no, don't. No, I just couldn't. <laughs> th- I just couldn't think of anything else else to describe it. But yeah, it, it was. They were just sort of there. Yeah. You know, there was no real. I mean, the only character um, you found out about is the the one woman who we actually haven't really seen her. We've only seen. Her ganger. Oh, uh, the Jennifer character. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, and also Jimmy, as well. Because yeah. he was having that discussion with his, with his so, ganger about his son. Yeah. 
and yeah. all that. So that's the only one you've re- you've only really got any um, sort of background on. Yeah, I and mean, I suppose it's di- it is difficult in that sense to. If there's a question of time and how much can you bring into that. Yeah, and I suppose those two bits were were good because they did sort of give you not only the sense of who the characters were, but of the fact that they're um, I want to say whatever gang of clones, whatever hmm. were had those uh, memories, and that was real to them. Yeah, which for me is sort of there was a lot of um, I think it was a, there was a lot of other stories uh, sort of plundered for for this for this particular episode or this two parter because there was a lot of Frankenstein in there. Yeah. Um, obviously, Avatar comparisons are bound to are bound to crop up. Um, and I think also to a certain respect, Blade Runner. Yeah. Where they want to yeah, be tri- definitely you could see well on the, on the basis that um, with her not realizing that she was the um, the ganger first of all, isn't it the leader? Yeah. When they've come round until she takes the plate. Yeah, I thought that that was. Sort of quite a good um, way of sort of catching them out. Actually, holding a red hot plate. Yeah. It took a few seconds for it to for it to take effect. Yeah, I thought that was um, a nice sort of way of catching her out. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought the um, the whole the whole thing was was really sort of quite good. That the whole th- sort of argument of are they real people? I know they're just copies, and um, I thought it was rather well done. But I, I I'm not too sure why. Jennifer is the only one who seems to be, because one moment the, 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 it was Cleve's ganger was sort of trying to marsh, marshal the troops to, you know, when you know we've got all the acid suits and yeah, um, we we you know we've got the upper hand sort of thing, and then after Buzzer's ganger was killed by the original Cleves, yeah. um, it was the Jennifer ganger. That came in and was all very yeah, and yet she'd been the the one that had been shown well kindness, the, so to speak, and was they was trying to help. I mean, yeah, well that that was everything because there was the scene in the in the bathroom as well, yeah, uh, where she just sort of turned on Rory, um, but again, I can't quite figure out. Well, what one minute she's okay. Is there some? Is is it the? Maybe we'll, I mean, hopefully. Some of these things will be answered next week, but is it that like the flesh is has got a life it's, of its own rather than the memories and, and, and soul of fighting the, the memories that it's yeah. got within it? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what you're sort of led to believe. It's but so far it's only really happened in um, Jennifer's ganger. Yeah, but I thought Sarah's um, Sarah Smart was very good. Yeah, and uh, very cute as well. I thought, to be honest. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, I thought I thought she was very good um, in the, in the role, um, and I, I thought it was a good good episode for Rory as well. One food didn't get killed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that, that's anyway. the thing. It's, it was, there's still another part to go. You never know. Yeah, I thought it was um, <laughs> his sort of character really came to the forefront this week. Yeah, because he was actually he, to get to get out of Amy's shadow. Yeah wasn't just following her around and everything he did was based around her what, decision yeah. yeah or to please her or to protect her yeah he was actually doing something for himself so to speak well i noticed sort of every something um, else yeah well, every episode so far that he's made mention of the fact he's a nurse yeah um and this week's the only so far the only sort of time he he hasn't said i'm a nurse it's just he's he's training a sort of yeah, you know it's it's he's using it now. Yeah, you know, that that's how um, someone in the like a doctor, a nurse, or, or whatever would um, would behave. Really, used to being sympathetic to somebody with a problem. Yeah. So I thought that that was that was a nice thing to do with it, with that character, rather than just having sort of bumbling around and um, tripping over things and and getting killed as usual. Yeah, he was actually. He was actually probably he was acting more sensible than um, Amy was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a nice reversal that Amy's now been the one in this really that's been 
running round after him. Mm. Which we're only saying last week they could have done running around yeah. the TARDIS corridors. Yeah. I mean, which may be why they didn't, because they, this episode was coming. To have done it two weeks, they'd have ended up doing it two weeks running. Well, what I um, I think... I'm not I'm not too sure if last week's episode was meant to be later in the in the ser- in this in the series of in the second half of the series or not. I can't I know um or, e- or even last the, year as it as it would have been. Well, yeah, that's right. Um I know, so the, you don't I know, know the, how much of that was written. Yeah, cuz I know the pirate episode was meant to be later in it's all yeah. in the second half of this season. Um so I'm not too sure about the doctor's wife. I I really can't remember. But yeah. um yeah, it was a good development of the character. Yeah, I thought it was you know it was good to see at last. Yeah, because it was there was a, that he would just become this sort of stooge for for Amy, wasn't yeah. there? And it's good if he becomes actually his own a companion in his own rights, as opposed to almost a companion to Amy. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, it was it was nice to see. It really was nice to see. The only one that didn't really. Um, Sort of making the impression. A was the Dickens character who basically did nothing, um, yeah. but sneeze. Yeah, and I'm wondering whether that's going to be exactly. Sick. Yeah, because they because whether his ganger doesn't sneeze, and that's how they know, or that's how the gangers get killed off. Maybe they're going to bring yeah. war, maybe they're going to bring War of the Worlds now as well. The, you know, the common cold kills <laughs> them. Um, mind you, that could, that also could also go back to the Ark as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the monoids, oh dear. Um, anyway, um, but say so the other one that didn't make any impression on me really was the um, Marshall Lancaster, um, who everyone knows as, as Chris from Life from Mars and Ashes to Ashes. Uh, Ashes to Ashes, sorry. Yeah, um, it's wa- interesting. Yeah, for, for being the probably the the main guest actor. Yeah, it's actually done zero, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he didn't make much of an impression, and really, he was just like Chris. Seen, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of half dopey. Yeah, it was, a, it was. It was just. It was just the, the the lines were delivered um, exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, as he as he did when in, in Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes. But then again, Matthew Graham wrote that as well. Yeah. Um, he obviously, so, finds it quite easy to write that. For yeah, that's it. Those sort of lines for him to deliver. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, it leads us to the like the end of the episode with the Doctor clone. Yeah. Um, which I must admit, when if we go back to last week's um, last week's podcast, um, I had my my theory because I, I knew what the story was going to be about. Yeah, and I thought at some point there has to be a clone of the Doctor, and I was thinking, is this how? Is this the one that gets killed in the Impossible Astronaut? Yeah, although you sometimes think is that now too predictable. Well, exactly, and as. As we all know, we haven't seen next week's episode yet. No. You know, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I'm hoping it's not that predictable. I really do hope not. Yeah. You suspect it isn't, because it intends to be... One thing about this, certainly the last couple of series, is the fact that it's twisted and turned. Yeah. Yeah, I hope... Yeah, I just hope it isn't as easy, easy as that. I really hope not. And he said, hasn't he, in, in terms of he particularly in, in particularly in his rant about people giving spoilers and whatever, mm. was that he likes to take a story one way and then just when he's got everyone thinking it's going that way, yeah, it will take him something totally different. Yeah, left of field. Yeah, um, but which also so, so which also at the same time makes yeah, I will say it makes sense as well. Even if he does take you down a different path right at the last moment, it, it still makes sense. Yeah. As if this is actually now he's now he put this is now in there to make people think oh I know what's going on yeah purely just to do that <laughs> you know? yeah that's right <laughs> but uh, as the other thing as well what was the deal with the snow globe yeah that's or the precious thing as I shall now refer it, refer to it but uh, yeah I don't know what that was. Well, why did he keep shake it every time the the solar tsunami was on its way? He, he shook the snow globe. What was the, or was it an in joke? Because if if um, as we watched uh, Confidential, 
they will film this episode right in the middle of the worst winter yeah. this country has seen for well, apparently since records began but I, seem, I do seem to remember worse winters than, than what we had last year um, yeah, I seem to think actually a couple of years ago seemed to be worse the yeah, exactly. time. Yeah. I remember having to get from one end of the country to the other during that. Perhaps it's because I had to try and get from one end of the country to the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seemed particularly worse to me. But Or whether we just, having had that one, they cope better this time. I don't know. Yeah. It was, um, um, but, oh, the other thing about Confidential as well, three different locations they filmed in. Yeah, I mean, that, that was actually the thing. Considering this is all set... It's a, saying about oh, it's it's all linear in time and all set in the one location. Well, yes, it is set in the one location, but filmed over many. Yeah, it's, yeah, I thought They've it was done it's amazing. Very well. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Um, but it's only because I, I obviously. And you think, I mean, how 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 do you work that out as a location man? It yeah, you know, it shows you how good a job you have to do on that. I thought they did an absolutely fantastic job. Really to did. see different bits and say, actually, no, what we need now is this. So now we're going from find somewhere like somewhere of that, mm. but we can just blend. We'll match exactly what we're filming there. Yeah, it sort of matches the script, and they did a fantastic job. It was only when I was watching um, the episode last night when um, when the doctor was running up to the um, up to the tower to get to the cockerel, yeah, or the weather vane. We want to call it. Um, I noticed along the sort of the wall, you could there was snow. They sort of brushed it out of the way. Yeah. Um, as anyone noticed, then when I obviously watched Confidential, they you saw they were sort of filming it sort of like right at the beginning of December, when you know the, when the snow first hit last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of. Oh, yeah. That kind of makes sense. I would have thought a solar tsunami would have generated quite a bit of heat. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> But there you go. I'm just, I'm just nitpicking there. Just nitpicking. I mean, it's fact. It's the fact that we can do, the fact that the best we can find is uh, that oh, they hadn't hit, it snowed uns- <laughs> unexpectedly, yeah. Yeah. and they had cleared it as, as the, as the the main problem with this story. Then <laughs> you say that it's it's worked. Well, I think. Um, I mean, I do have some some bits I I thought were. Um, were bad as it were, not bad, but I'm gonna say the bad, but some some bits that didn't quite um, look too good or anything. But one thing I'll go for yeah. is is the I'll, I'll keep with the good for the time being. It was it was the opening scene um, in the sort of the three of them around sort of that that well of acid. Yeah, um, I thought it was an opening scene. It was quite um, it wasn't sort of gory, but watching the guy. Well, he was basically melting in that in that pool of acid, yeah. and you sort of find out all as soon as they anything happens to a gang, all their nerve endings just shut down, so they don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, but then you saw like his hand sort of melting. Yeah. And then you basically his face just disappearing into the acid, just melting away, which I thought was quite, um, quite sort of strong stuff. Yeah, and especially in in, in uh, connection with the two of the other t- the two surviving. Just talking very nonchalantly about what they're going to be doing and what figures and yeah, whatever. Having just watched this person, as you think at that stage, die. Yeah, it, it was it was a very very sort of weird scene. I thought, um, but I thought the uh, another another um, sort of icky bit was was again in the bathroom, um, the bathroom scene when sort of Jennifer was looking in the mirror and her yeah, face break drops. Yeah. yeah, it just sort of yeah. I thought, she, I thought it dropped off her face, or she coughed it up. Yeah, but there's this big sort of splash of flesh in the sink. Well, I thought it was quite fairly icky, actually. To be honest, anyone with a weak stomach or exceptionally weak stomach would have found that sort of quite. Uh... Yes, they'd have gone to the bathroom and recreated. This yes, <laughs> but I thought the makeup on the gang was was very good. Yeah, as well. Um, that sort of that, that sort of waxy, sort of wet look to it, I thought was was very effective, um, and also yeah. sort of like the, the the sort of like as it hadn't quite formed yet, so you were seeing like veins and and stuff yeah. in it. I thought it was very sort of very well done, um, which I'm surprised they didn't go into any detail on um, in confidential. Perhaps maybe well, that's going to come next week. 
Yeah, you've yeah. got to remember it's put, it's a two part confidential as well. Yeah. Perhaps there's something else that happens that they want to deal with all at the same time that we haven't seen, which makes it more right to do it next week. Yeah, but um, that that it does sort of lead me. It's now led me on to what I thought was um, was wrong. Come was on, wrong. What, what was wrong? Yeah. Yes. Um, first things first. When um, the the Jennifer gang, I watched her being formed in the in the tank. Yeah. Um, I'd start off with you had all like the you saw the flesh sort of pouring into the into the mold. Yeah. Um, and you saw the veins in it, which to me looked like hair. I thought someone hasn't cleaned out the plug hole. <laughs> right. So. Um, that's, that's you, you, a, a frequent view when you bath in milk for you, isn't it? It is actually, yeah. But then when the her face started forming, I thought um, Cassandra. Yeah, it it really did look like Cassandra. Um, but then the other thing, why does the flesh replicate clothes? I know it's a, a, a it's on at six forty five. You can't have naked clones getting out of a getting out of a tank, but. It's flesh. Why is it replicating clothes? Well, I mean, is it when it says flesh? I mean, it, it's it's an organism that can re uh, create itself, turn itself into other things. So, it, it why just, not? I, it just didn't. If it's, if it's forming internal organs and whatever, it's doing more than forming flesh. Yeah, but it's not the same composition as cotton. <laughs> or whatever they use in those. Polyester. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a cotton-polyester mix. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't know where this comes from. There's big vats of it. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing as well, if if they were getting through... I mean, it, it would make sense for a company if it, if it does form that, because obviously otherwise it would save you on huge stocks of... The, the other point on that is, why then do they not come fully formed with an acid suit? Well, there is that, but the also thing is, well, one thing I noticed if they, when they were sort of the uh, the Cleves character was was um, giving us the exposition, yeah, um, saying you know we we losing so many people to the acid, so you know we had, we just clone more of ourselves to to do the to do the dangerous jobs. Yeah. It wasn't a particularly large pool of flesh they had there. I thought it was no. going to run out pretty quickly. Oh, no, no, they said it started replicating itself. Oh, yes, they did, didn't they? Yes. But it didn't before. So unless no. they got more in barrels somewhere, I don't know. But And I couldn't quite figure out why they were mining for acid. Was that? I can't remember that actually being explained. No. And why would you mind frasted in 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 a rather sort of unsecure manner? Yeah, as in you'd think actually that the pipes and that would be yeah of the. I suppose you spoke. I think you're supposed to sort of like get the impression they sort of left their own devices and the company doesn't pay too much attention to them and it's getting. A it's bit, all done on the cheap. Done on the cheap, which is as, um, in, as in they're making sure they're clocking on and clocking off and whatever. Yeah. To make sure they get their money, because obviously the sense is there that the company, yeah, any loophole, the company won't pay them. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to uh, sort of read into that. But the other couple of bits that sort of bug me, either the the CGI was awful on the, uh, the better description of the uh, the snake head version of Jennifer. Yeah, that just that just did look. Yeah, awful. it actually didn't need that. That actually was. I mean, I know that I know it's the sense I suppose to give it that this was a a a form that could move change into anything it yeah. wanted not plastic man really wasn't it yeah but it didn't yeah it didn't really need that in actual fact that was a bit cartoony yeah I thought it needed to be yeah I thought okay the fist coming through and, and sort of <laughs> knocking Rory to the ground fair enough you could sort of get because you didn't really see it but then, yeah, then again, it was just, you just think, it, really, why did it need to do that? Yeah, because it's like, yeah, I think you, you, that's where it you... She could have just, her face gone, and she could have screamed pretty much like what happens in the the main area with the others. Mm. 
Yeah, that's right. I don't know. She didn't need didn't need that. It seemed to be a bit of a well, an think, overkill of the... Yeah, I think they're just trying to sort of ram home the point. I think that the the flesh is trying to find its own footing. Yeah. Um, but they, as you say, it just over the pudding. It, it, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. It really wasn't. Um, but there was another thing that um, I thought, surely this has got to be a mistake. Um, it's right at the end where you see the, the, the three gangers marching on you know, in, in the acid suits. They were sort of yeah. marching towards Raw and everything. One of them had a short-sleeved acid suit on. Oh, I didn't notice that. So, well, you know, these are the problems. When you, you lift the plug in and you have to get it out. <laughs> well, considering they didn't have to make the acid suits, they were already there, they already pinched them. Yeah. Um, why, why sort of, did he draw sort of, like, you know... Did oh, well, they, did they know, draw lots? Day. And, did, did they draw lots? And he says, "Sorry, you know, sorry, mate, you've got the short sleeve one." You know, it just. <laughs> and maybe that's going to come into play next week. I don't know, but um, it just seemed that just seemed ridiculous to me. Maybe occasions where you only need it up to your knees. Maybe up to the waist, and it's yeah. Why he didn't put the helmet on as well would probably be. Well, maybe it was styled by Roger Moore because <laughs> he, he did favour the sort the short sleeve safari suit, didn't he? In the seventies, so maybe yeah, uh, that was the Roger Moore line of acid. Oh, you have to buy it in Debenhams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only fans of the Persuaders will get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was. Um, but on the whole, I, I thought as, as a, a first, a first part of a. a you know, a two-part story. I thought it was it was very very good. Yeah, really liked it. Um, and of course, the uh, one thing I think we've mentioned yet—the yeah, eye patch lady again. Yeah, one brief, quick. I mean, I actually from because it was actually that bit was in the trailer for last week, mm. as in the next week trailer. Yeah, last week, if that makes sense. I actually thought that was actually going to be more central to the. The story, rather than just it being another quick flash. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll still... And they've done it again with... Well, actually, I'm not going to say that. No, because we don't discuss the next time yes. trailers. Yes. Yeah, but, um... So, yeah, I thought this actually was going to be some of the answers to that. That that actually might be a character that was actually going to be in this, rather than... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if, you, if we're ever going to find out who she is this half of the series. No. No, sadly not. I was just wishful thinking that we might find out. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, uh, <laughs> it, well, you know, I, I think it's good to leave some stuff unanswered. It'll keep, I mean, it'll keep the yeah. people coming back for, back for the second half. And the fact that the Doctor obviously wants to go somewhere without Amy to try and find out what's going on. Yeah. There. Yeah, that's um, that that was one thing that sort of um, struck me tonight. It was each of the three main characters all went off and did their own thing. Yeah, which again was like the who of old. Yeah, they'd all go off and do. If you think back to the um, again, go back to the to the Peter Davison years, when it was quite a crowded TARDIS. Yeah, uh, I know sometimes they did struggle to get them to do everything. Or give them each their own little sort of story branch, as it were. Um, but again, it just sort of reminded you know the, the three main characters were split up for a portion of the time, all did their own thing, and then sort of met back up again. Yeah. And even at the end of the last episode, there sort of one of them is still off on his own. Yeah. Um, so which I thought was, and again that was going back to what we were saying about the character of Rory. He just sort of like, well, no, sorry, I. I've got to go and rescue this person. Yeah. Make sure they're okay. So I, I, I'm sort of I'm quite pleased at last they sort of taken it. You could have seen they taken the character forward from the opening two episodes because he was catching on to things quicker than the name yeah. was. Um, and it just seems to be a, a a sort of natural progression of the character. He's found his feet and he's off doing his own thing now. Yeah. He's got past the point of being. The, the new boy and the, the new boy, yeah, that's it. 
and not understanding what's going on. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, so I think, but I, I think that sort of pretty much sort of wraps it up for me. To be honest, it was it was a good sort. Of, I thought it was a good solid start to the story. Um, I'm glad Matthew Graham's script was a massive improvement on Fear Her. Yeah. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to next week. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, going back to it, yeah, also the other bits about where the... Sorry, the other bit that intrigued me was the bit mm. that the Doctor went back, didn't he, to the the flesh, the flesh pot, I don't know. It's a cool... <laughs> Um, that's also some if we're, do- we're going to go down there, if we're going to start using these phrases, that, 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 that's some like dodgy nightclub to go to. I know. <laughs> to to go, try again with the sonic screwdriver to see what his, the readings were. So there's obviously not that I don't think when you're saying about oh, has he did he know had he been there before or whatever. Mm. It does seem to be as if he's trying to check readings to something else, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. Well, it's the thing because he actually, before he got to that point, he sort of like, you know, you know what I want to see. Yeah. Um, and then when he got there, as you say, he was taking the readings and he said, oh, it's, it's, it was sort of communicating with me. Yeah. And then he put his hand in it. Um, yeah. Was, was that on purpose? Was it, was it more than just trying to physically connect with it? Was he trying to pass something on? Yeah. And the second solar tsunami, because that... If you remember, they made that big thing about the lightning striking into the, into the. I'll go use this expression, the flesh pot. Um, yeah. Did that trigger it? Oh, obviously, it did trigger it off because after that, that's when you saw that the lips come up. Yeah. In, you know, in in the middle of the pool. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe all all, all will be explained next week. Week. Yeah, no, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Yeah. Episode. The only sad fact is the fact that we've now only got two left. I know. I just cannot believe that um, that we're nearly there. We've got to wait till September. But yeah. it'd, but it'd be good to have Doctor Who back on in the autumn, though. Yeah. Like days of old. I mean, the fact is that we won't then have that long wait for the Christmas special. No, because that was the, that was the thing, wasn't it? Because it would sort of finish in the sort of spring, early summer, and yeah. then you've you've got that. God knows how many months till Christmas Day, and it was it was a bit. Just seemed a very long time to wait for for some new Who. Yeah. Why they just can't make it twenty four hours a day? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, if they stop making, as nice. we said earlier, if they stop making, don't scare the hair. Yeah. You know, we we we'd have more Who. Or at least they could spend more money on special effects anyway. Yeah. Well, I suspect if the BBC had that way, we'd have Don't Scare the Hair 24 hours a day. Oh, God. That and reality shows, I think, if they had their way, cheap and cheap, nasty to make and and seem to get... Well, the reality shows seem to get respectable viewing figures. Um, I think Don't Scare the Hair is the ex- exception to the rule there. <laughs> cheap entertainment doesn't always work. Thank Christ. Thank Christ for that, yeah. <laughs> okay, um... Anything else to add? Um, I don't think so. Not on that. No. No. Just, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, as we, um, I sort of briefly touched on um, at the beginning, sort of the announcement of this uh, this particular podcast. Um, it's sort of this week's episode was sort of a bit gooey and and icky. Yeah. And um, did sort of really tread a fine line for a a children's show. On a quarter to seven on a Saturday evening, you know we've yeah. watched you know people being formed out of gloopy flesh. We've had people melting in acid. Um, obviously, it's not done in a in a gory way, um, but I, yeah. I'm no doubt expecting the newspaper headlines to be you know you know is is Doctor Who too scary for children? Um, which seems to, as we said, also said earlier, it seems to have been hanging around the show ever since, um, ever since it started. Yeah. Um, now, well, I think, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on, go on. No. As I was saying, I think particularly got into certainly Tom Baker was the the one where I think a lot of people then jumped into the on the bandwagon on wasn't it yeah i think that's was, yeah that's one that really really kicked it off i think was i think in uh, this co- in this country mary whitehouse got 
Yeah, and I think people, involved. Yeah, I think people do forget what a, a, a quite a, a voice she had. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, people look back at it now and think it was a bit of a, oh, a bit of a joke, mad, you know, mad religious lady. Um, but no, she did wield quite a bit of quite a bit of power. Yeah. Um, well, and, certainly, I think the BBC bosses were scared of her. Well, it, the BBC then was a lot more establishment than it is now. Yeah. And um, she sort of was basically attacking the establishment, even though she really was establishment herself. Yeah. Um, very, very, sort of, very sort of, you know, the Christian values and um, somebody please think of the children, that's, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, she was she was no better off than, than you know, the people she was attacking, really. Um, but it was obviously people in like who because that that particular time you had like Philip Hinchcliffe was the uh, producer, yeah, and he was, and think, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say he was going down that gothic horror route, and I think in sort of mentioned as is Doctor Who too scary? That there's an interview with her when I think she's going on about the a scene from the Seeds of Seeds of Doom, isn't she? Yeah, wasn't that the... Um, the the drowning com- scene. No, that was um, the deadly assassin. Was it? Yeah. It was, right. the, it was, it was the end of the episode when so, um, yeah. Chancellor Goth was drowning the Doctor in the Matrix. And there was quite, yeah. it was quite a long um, sort of pause on, in, on the Doctor's sort of face underwater. Yeah. Um, and that's what she complained about. She said, oh, that, you know, that is now in the minds of children for an yeah. entire week. Um, and after that, they actually, on all repeat showings, it was edited. That that scene was cut before it went yeah. to the, went to the end credits. Now it, I'm glad to say that scene has been re-established in its entirety on the DVD, and yeah. so and so it should be, um, because I think the whole the whole thing is kids love a good scare. Yeah, you know that's what keeps them coming back for more. There's all this th- the whole thing about you know hiding behind the sofa, um, but kids love doing that. Yeah. You know when um, it came back with um, Christopher Eccleston, um, when all the um, the autons or the shop window dummies sort of came to life. I mean, my niece was absolutely petrified of it at the time. Yeah. But she was back the next week for more. Yeah. You know. Um, and kids do; they they love it. Kids love going on fairground rides. Love going on the you know you know all, all the scary. It's usually the adults that are the squeamish ones. And I think that's half the problem is that they're always getting offended on someone else's behalf. Um, you know why don't you try asking the children if you know it's too scary for them? Yeah, and kids will just watch it, or they won't. They won't. You know, it's I don't know. It's it's. I mean, it's, it's predominantly for children, but a lot of adults watch it. People like ourselves. And yeah. I think really it's because we we watched it when we were kids. And now we're watching it watching it again because it's a show we, we loved. And, and now it's a new generation are doing the same thing. And hopefully they'll be doing the same thing with their kids. Yeah. And their kids will be, you know, get scared all over again. Whether Doctor Who will carry on for that long um, or they'll just be... Watching the DVDs. I mean, I know know what can be said now, of course, is the fact that because the the graphics and the monsters are much more realistic, it can be much more scarier than yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, people was, in a in a rubber suit. Yeah, I mean, there was that whole thing. I mean, again, go back to Chris Freckleston with the um, the empty child and the Doctor dances. Um, they took out the bone-cracking sound effects of when Richard Wilson um, sort of morphed into like the, you know, the gas mask face. Yeah. Um, and they sort of realised then they did have to sort of tone it down a little bit. And because it didn't really need it, it was quite sort of graphic enough. Yeah. Um, it didn't really need it. But, um, but they, they, they know what they're doing. They know what's over the top. You know, they sort of like, you know, pr- you know, trust the production team. They know what they're doing. Yeah, um, as they always have done. You know, if, if, get other bits that have been 
toned down. The image of the Fendalf where he shoots himself. Yeah. Um, and the sort of the doctor, the act- yeah, the, and the doctor actively encourages it as well. Yeah, where he asks yeah. for the gun. And, uh, I mean, originally in the script, he was actually they was actually going to shoot it, him putting the gun in his mouth. Yeah, and had to, and was asked and told not they couldn't do that. Yeah, that would have been. I, I think which, for a, which I can understand really. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I mean that. I think you couldn't even do that now. You know, no. let alone sort of you know, 30, no, pro- pro- thirty-five you probably, years you probably, ago. You probably couldn't get the. You probably actually probably couldn't get the gun scene like that. No, but yeah. Well, I mean, so, again, so there's always been there's always been death and. Oh yeah, that's it. And I'm, I'm glad the new show hasn't um, hasn't shied away from that. Well, you had the Sarah Jane adventures, didn't you? For for younger children. Yeah. That's it. Nobody sort of dies in. Well, not not really dies in it, but there, there was the. Um, I couldn't remember the name of the the, uh, the story now, but it was the two part with David Tennant. Was it right. was it was it the wedding of Sarah Jane? I can't remember what the what the story was actually called now. But I, then, had to start, I didn't really watch that. You did so. watch it, but it was. I mean, the Nigel Havers character died, basically. Right. Um, he he sort of made a a, a, um, a deal, and again, I can't remember the, the bad guy's name, but it was it's a recurring character um, yeah. in the Sarah Jane Adventures and. Basically, he made a deal with this character to sort of like if he sort of gave him Sarah Jane, he'd get his life back. Yeah. Because he didn't work out like that, he did the right thing in the end, and he sacrificed himself for Sarah Jane. So there was no real um, happy ending. No. In that one at all, which, which, which again, I think it's important to to do that for um, in kids shows. Yeah. Really, you know in. Everything, you know, everything. Not everything has a happy ending. No, of course. We also had the echoing of the someone killing themselves in the waters of Mars. Yes. At the end. That's right. Which I think is, I mean, that has been one of the most um, adult Doctor Who stories there's ever been. Yeah. I really do think so. I mean, that was. I mean, hopefully, uh, one day we'll get round to doing that as one of our um, audio commentaries. Yeah, um, but again, I think it'd be a difficult one because it's such a bloody good story. Yeah, and there's not a lot. Um, well, basically, there isn't anything wrong with it. I really, there's one story I really cannot fault. But I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching that again with um, with yourself and Tony because I don't know if Tony's actually seen it. Because I yeah. think because I think you'll probably get caught actually you know quite caught up in the, in the story. But anyway, we're we're, we're digressing again Sing. now. Um, yeah. But saying going back um, into sort of previous Who history, there's always I think there's always been things that have caused complaints. So you know, if you go back to like the John Pertwee with the um, the two Walton stories, yeah, um, Spirit from Space. I think it was the again. I think both stories it was to do with the the what happens to the policeman in it. Because if you go go back to that particular period in time, the police was still quite a, uh, a respected. Um, if you saw a policeman on the, on the street, then you kids used to respect the local policeman. It's a completely different ball game these days. Um, but when the in Spirit from Space, when the shot window dummies first burst through the the plate glass, the first person that was shot was a, was a policeman. Yeah, and I think there were complaints about that. And then also when you got to Terror of the Autons, where the policemen were actually Autons because John Pertwee pulls off the mask. Inside the inside the panda car, and I think yeah. again that caused complaints because you, you're taking these um, authority figures and making them scary. Well, I think yeah, it was also the fact if you didn't really want children to be scared of the police. Yeah. In terms of of that, if they were scared, you wanted them to go to the police. Yeah, that's right. Rather than, but then of course, running from the police as well. That's it. But of course, the other. Um, big thing from Tear of the Autons as well was that little devil doll that got animated and strangled. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was. Who it was some other? I haven't seen the story for such a long time now, so I can't remember who. But I know it was some sort of old. I thought it was a professor or a minister or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you you watch it now and 
you know the effects obviously don't hold up because it was it was the Barry Let's um, love of CSO let, let it down. There's even a CSO kitchen, or I seem to remember behind yeah. the, behind the guy's wife. But um, yeah, it was. But again, it scared the pants off kids back then. Yeah, and I think again there were there were. I think Mary Whitehouse actually complained about that one as well. I seem to remember. Um, but, but that's the thing. Kids keep coming back for more though. Yeah, I think I think if you just you don't want to get too sanitized, it isn't. No. That I can't remember. I'm trying to think if I had any sleepless nights through Doctor Who. No, I never did. I, th- I think from when I was a kid, I think the only one that sort of stuck in my mind as as the, like the cliffhanger was, um, I think it was the end of episode. Oh God, I let myself down on my Who knowledge. Episode four or five of Genesis of the Daleks, when the Doctor comes out with the the Khalid mutant sort of strangling him. Yeah. And that stayed in my mind for the entire week. Um, but it didn't scare me. It stayed in my mind, but I couldn't wait to see what happened. Yeah. I can remember one of the... The only picture I can remember is from the City of Death, for some reason. Oh, when... Um, what's his name? Scarlioni's mask is taken yeah. off. Yeah. And the, yeah, you see Scarif underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the the one that I think stuck in my mind when you said about oh we might talk about scaring children. Yeah, that that one did you did it? <laughs> that was that, that that was the that was the thing that I, I you said oh have can you remember any of so that? That was the first thing that sprung to mind, and I don't know I don't know why that one particularly because it wasn't overly. No, I think it was a bit of um. Again, it's that shock value, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he takes off his mask and there's this one-eyed thing underneath. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it does it because it, it, it. That's how they end the episode with just a big close-up of of that. It stays in it stays in your memory. And yeah. I think that's what happened with that's what happens with with, with, with kids now. It stays in the memory until next week, and they can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. So I think what he's thinking about is Doctor Who too scary for children. Um, my own personal opinion, no, it's not. And, and, I mean, and, I think, think when I was small, I think Sapphire and Steel was much more scary. Yes. Most definitely. That that was probably one of the... And you think about the time that went out. Yeah, I mean, it was about the same sort of time, wasn't it? But yeah. It was a weekday rather than a... And also, um, probably more convoluted stories than the than, than, than Doctor Who. Yeah. Because you didn't really know what the two main characters were. You know they're called Saffron Steel. You didn't yeah. know where they came from or sort of why they were there sort of thing. Um, and even the whole the final story ended on a, a downer. They were sort of trapped, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was, some of them stories were quite bleak. Yeah. They really were. But again, I couldn't wait to... There was one... Um, again, so I know we're sort of moving on to Sapphire and Steel, but you know, please bear with us here. Again, there was one thing that stayed in my mind um, for what end of one, one of the episodes of that, because what didn't it used to be like five nights a week? If I've seen it really. So you had a, a complete story during the course of a week. Oh, I can't remember. Can't remember. But anyway, there was one particular thing when Jonah Lumley's character gets possessed. Yeah. And she happens, and she's got like like just like black contact lenses in. Yeah. And that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. But it didn't stop me coming back for more. Yeah. I mean, I can remember one that was set on a train station with this ghostly First World War soldiers and yeah, this person is a ghost hunter, and they've. Well, it's a spoiler alert if you ever go to watch it. What's that? Yeah, exactly. We just ruined it there for a lot. Of, yeah, at the end they get trapped. <laughs> Uh, at the I end of that, that one, they they effectively give this bloke, this ghost hunter bloke, to the ghosts. Yeah. Actually, you're <laughs> not exactly a happy ending. Not really. But the only other thing I can remember about that, sorry, uh, this is the last sort of uh, memory of Sapphire still because it's, it's supposed to be a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> yeah, but the, there's the um, the one thing I, I seem to remember that is David McCullum spent a lot of time hanging up in barbed wire. Yeah. And I can't remember why now. 
I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get the um, the box set. She's <laughs> for his album barbed wire. A part of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so just diversifying into that, just to say yeah. that. But actually, it, 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 in it, terms of Doctor Who, Doctor Who's not by far not the scariest thing on at that time of night. Yeah. In terms, I should think actually that even now is still probably scarier than current Doctor Who. Oh god, yeah. I mean, and actually, in actual fact, um, I mean, I think when we were kids, there was a lot more scary television. Yeah. Um, and I'd have to think of something like the Tomorrow People. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which was ITV's answer to to Doctor Who. Um, but I mean, there was a, like a. I mean, everyone says you know Doctor Who's budget back then was zero, I and mean, this was, this really was zero. There yeah. was no budget for it at all. Um, no, very, very much aimed at children. Uh, but yeah, the, they'd marvel at the production values of Scare the Hair, wouldn't they? Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, it was the opening credits of the Tomorrow People. I actually did have to leave the room for, um, and it was. I mean, if. All you at home, if you've never seen the opening credits of um, the Tomorrow People, look it up on YouTube. Um, I the music is extremely spooky. Yeah. Um, and what used to get me because it also it was very psychedelic as well because there's a lot of like the um, sort of it was almost like a lot of lava lamp stuff and um, oil filters used in the lighting and and also in the opening credits. It was like watching a Pink Floyd concert, you know, from the Sid Barrett era, but. Um, it was the hand that used to come towards the screen. Now that I was absolutely petrified of that, so I would leave the room when that came on. But I'll come back in when that bit had finished. And I'll, then I'd watch the story. <laughs> but uh, but that's the thing: kids kids love being scared. Yeah. But, apart from, but the thing was though, when um, quite a few years later, um, I'm sort of late at night. I'm watching this the. Sci-Fi Channel when it actually used to show some sci-fi, um, and they were showing the Tomorrow People in the early hours of the morning. And I thought oh, I'll watch that. I'm now sort of you know in my very late twenties, and still the opening credits sent the shiver down my spine. Even yeah. even those you know it was sort of a good sort of twenty five sort of uh, twenty or twenty four or twenty five years later, it still managed to. It brought back those childhood memories again, and it did send a shiver down my spine. So, well, most science fiction does and should, I think. It should do, yeah. Um, and I think that's why Doctor Who has has stood the test of time. Yeah, it's because of things like that. Yeah. Okay, I know now that you know um, you you look back at these things in wrote with you know rose tinted glasses, and when you watch the episodes on on DVD. Um, it doesn't seem to match up with those childhood memories. Yeah. Um, but it's that's what keeps you coming back, though, because you're, oh yeah, I remember that one, and you buy the DVD, and you and you wait, you you're waiting for that scene again. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's not the same as as when you you know as when you were sort of like five or six years old. No. But yeah, it's in colour, probably. <laughs> well, for a start, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the days of a rented black and white television. <laughs> no, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not any worse than it was in previous. No, it's gener- it, for previous generations. No, it's, it's as you said. It's just now the effects are better, and the ch- the parents, the children now are watching it probably with their children, or because they was entertained by it. Mm, yeah, in time. And it's up to them really to decide whether it caused them any long term problems. Long term <laughs> damage. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I think that's it. That's it, really. Scary television, and in particular, scary Doctor Who, is is a good thing. I mean, is it any? It's, it's character not, building. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, if it is to a certain extent so far from the norm, anyway. Hmm. The more sc- the scarier Doctor Who's and other science fiction TV are the ones that are very based close to real life with just the odd thing that's mm. not right. 
Yeah. They're the ones that are the Yeah, it's, it's the contemporary. Yeah, the contemporary settings. It, it, it seems like um, Blink. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're I mean, talking that, about what is a scary, yeah. a scary Doctor Who, that's probably been the one, hasn't it? Yeah, certainly I mean, of the of the new of the series since back. That's it, and it's it's that whole um, thing right at the end where you get the Doctor recapping. You know, don't turn away, don't blink, yeah. and it's just shots of different statues, and you actually don't see anything. No, in that you don't. No, I know you sort of you get the weeping angels. Uh, Sort of every time you turn that, they're sort of advancing it. But but for me, it was the bit at the end where it was just different shots of statues and gargoyles yeah. on top of buildings, and that was that's the thing that plants the seed in kids' minds because they were yeah. real. Yeah, they can go and see them somewhere. They can just go out, you know, go out somewhere, and they can see a statue on, on, on in, you know, in the middle of Trafalgar Square or or yeah. a statue on a building somewhere. I think is that is that, if I turn around, is that going to disappear? Yeah, Br- brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So uh, keep keep scaring the children. That's all I like yeah. to say. Keep scaring them. Okay. Well, I think we've sort of exhausted that uh, that topic of conversation for this week. Um, so we'll be back um, next week with yeah. a review of the Almost People. Yeah. Uh, the conclusion to this story. And we'll and not the tomorrow people. Not the tomorrow people. No, <laughs> we won't do that next week. No. <laughs> um, and also uh, next week, um, we're sort of planning on it being a, a double episode of Who See, because uh, as well as the review of the Almost People, we've got our monthly audio commentary as well. Yes. Uh, which will feature the return of Tony. Yes, that, that doesn't scare the children, nothing will. Exactly. <laughs> it's scaring me at the moment. But... <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the plan at the moment. I just hope we can um, sort of find... This is, this is why we, we said we originally set to do just a monthly podcast because um, we've got other things sort of going on, on in, in our respective uh, lives. Um, yeah. But now, now we're trying well, to fit. Now we're trying. Well, at least Tony has. Tony has, yeah. Um, <laughs> it may seem that way, but no. Yeah. Um, so, so now we're sort of being ambitious with the uh, the weekly review podcast, and now and now we're trying to fit in two in one weekend. Yes, we it, be, it is a bank holiday weekend. It so. is, but we, we must be bloody mad though. But <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. So we'll, we'll um, but that's the that's the plan, and um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to stick to it. So, uh, so watch this space. That's all I can say. Yeah. So, um, for this week, then, it's goodbye from me, Phil, and from me, Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye. If you want to leave any feedback about the Who's E podcast or about Doctor Who in general, please go to our website, which is www.whos-he.co.uk.